I don't know if you know this, this is a drama. I know, but it's just so dramatic. Mom, if you were stranded on a fucking island where weird shit happens and you show up at what you're picturing in your brain to be a black rock and it's a fucking <laughs> sailboat, would you be a little confused and like that calls for some dramatics? So, uh, that did not go according to plan, did it? Because you shit your pants? Oh, you're starting with that. <laughs> Seriously? You can edit that out. No, yeah. we're not going to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, for the listeners, I am still in Ohio, and uh, Mom, say hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Zane. Hi, Lauren. Hi, listeners. There you go. Uh, Lauren has made it to Atlanta and is with our mother. Mm-hmm. She got here a day early. Child of the week. <laughs> Didn't get here at all. Exactly. Uh, so, yes, I unfortunately came down with what I thought was food poisoning and purposely missed my first flight. And then at the time of recording, the Midwest got hit with a really bad snowstorm. So my second flight got canceled. And by the time we had our third flight booked, we realized I did not have food poisoning. I had, uh, what was it called? Neuronavirus? Nor- neurovirus? What Alicia had? Some sort of flu. Yeah, I had some sort of contagious flu that I unfortunately gave to Kate and probably dad. So we made the executive decision to just have me stay in Ohio. And we are once again doing Zoom. Yay. Yay. Which So from, Merry Christmas. From what I can tell, <laughs> Mom, this episode will be in like February. I know, but it's Christmas now. <laughs> from what I can tell, Lauren did not do a lot of content on the TikTok. I've been really just busy focusing on time with my family. I like to live in the moment. Also, we did one. Uh, there was a surprise that we were supposed to save for the podcast, but unfortunately it was unveiled. Mom has seen my tattoo. Oh. <laughs> but Did there is one... it? No. No. But there was another surprise. Oh, did that finally happen? <laughs> wow, that's it? <laughs> that was about what I was expecting. Jeez. Okay, well, here's the thing. For the listener, Lauren is engaged. Congratulations, Lauren. By the time this episode comes out, She'll probably be married. Probably not. <laughs> um, but during Thanksgiving weekend, it was mentioned to me that he bought a ring. So I was like, well, this is going to happen any day now. Oh, well, this family is so good at keeping It wasn't secrets. me. No, it was you. Was it? Yeah. Good job. What are you um, talking about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who it was, but I definitely heard. Might have been Devin, honestly. Devin doesn't know. Well, mom told Devin. I did. You guys all suck. Well, congratulations, Lauren. Thanks. I don't think I told Devin. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. I'm Mom. Or Cindy, I guess. Cindy. <laughs> uh, today we are covering part one of the finale, Exodus part one. Uh, this episode was actually released by itself a week prior to t- parts two and three. Uh, so we are breaking it up into three chunks, and this part we have our mother. For those of you who don't know our mother, which is probably actually 
not all of you, because a good majority of our listeners are people we know. We have a couple questions for mom that we want to like help everyone get to know her a little bit. Okay. And let's try to keep it spoiler free. Okay. How did you discover Lost and why did you decide to watch it? I think it was just the promos. It looked interesting. And that's why I decided to watch it because it looked interesting. That was a long time ago though. Yeah, 2004. Yes. That was during the height of our Survivor watching. Did that have a factor in it at all? I'm sure you know what night of the week week it was on. So were they like back to back or something? Well, Survivor was originally on Thursdays and then eventually moved to Wednesday. And there was a portion of time where they were on the same day, but they weren't the same channel. But I thought it was more just like, well, probably, you know, island. Yeah. Island to island. I'm, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But again... I don't really remember. Why did you decide to let your children watch it with you? Your young children? Um, great question, I guess, because I had no idea that it was going to be that violent. Then the bigger question is, why did we continue to let you guys watch? I guess because we were bad parents. Or we no. just, you know, I don't know. We didn't, we let you guys do a lot of stuff that crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. heroin. We learned that. Right, because you have no experience with heroin. Um, no, I don't know. I guess you didn't seem to be phased by it. I don't know. Oh, I was phased One by of it. us. <laughs> well, you were, you're warped because of it. But I was phased, hence me not watching the show until now. But you never said why. You just thought it was, you said it was stupid. I was terrified. Yeah. All right. We're going to play a quick game of Mary Fuck Kill. We're going to do one with the men and one with the women. Okay. We'll start with the men. Okay. Mary Fuck Kill, Jack, Saeed, Sawyer. Okay. Me, I'm going to marry Saeed, fuck Sawyer, and kill Jack. Correct answer. I I foresaw this. (laughs) And because that's so easy, we're going to do one more with the men. Uh, Okay. Same same three. Okay. Hurley, Charlie, and Locke. <sighs> Ooh, I got um, mine. Um, Lauren, go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to marry Hurley. I'm going to kill Charlie, and I'm going to fuck Locke. I'm just going to save that audio and put that on the TikTok forever. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. I think maybe the same, I think. I don't know. I don't see myself ever wanting to sleep with either any of them, but I guess I wouldn't you're, sleep with Charlie. You're about the same age as Locke now, Mom. <laughs> no, I'm the same age as Saeed. Thank you very little. No, no now. But like currently. <laughs> yeah. No. How old was he in the show? He was like 50. Was he? He's he old. older. He seemed older. I don't seem like that. I'm that old. I don't think he was getting around, you know, He's doing all sorts of crazy shit. If he's in his 60s, I you know, doubt he would be able to do that. Although, island, oh. magic, all that shit. Yep, yep. Boarding pass for my flight to Columbus is now available. Oh, okay. We'll see you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got, you leave tomorrow. <laughs> all right, let's do it with the women real quick. Okay. Hold on, I have to pick which one of the many women we're going to go with. Mary Fuck Kill, Kate, Shannon... Claire. 
And let's not let age be a factor here. Let's assume okay. you're around their age. Mary. Kill. I'm going to kill Shannon. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't like her. Um, kill Shannon. Fuck Kate, Mary Claire. Wrong. Wrong answer. Wrong. Why? It's my opinion. You marry Shannon for the money. She you has kill, no money. She has no money. Boone has it all. Remember, she's Con and Boone. I forgot. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'm going to probably kill Claire. I think she'd be a good wife. I think she's annoying. I do too, but I think she'd be a good wife. I'm probably oh, going to kill Claire. Man. I'm probably going to marry Shannon. And I'm going to get it on with Kate. I would probably kill Claire get it on with Kate and, and marry Shannon. Why would you guys marry Shannon? So I can get it on with her more than once. <laughs> yeah. The problem is I'll never marry Kate. She's a runner. She'll never commit to me the way that I need commitment. And I'm not going to marry Claire because she's annoying. All right. Last question, mom. Again, no spoilers. Okay. Overall thoughts on the series. On the series? Yeah. Like the whole series. The show. Um, well, I have started watching it again. And I will say that the characters are not getting on my nerves like they do typically. I enjoyed it. You know, it is deep. The, par- the characters evolve. You love them, you hate them. You love them, you hate them. Um, there's a lot of stupidity, a lot of jumping the shark. But overall, I like it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it so many times. I feel like it's hard for a show to jump the shark when on the first episode there's a monster and a polar bear. Well, yeah, it jumped the shark. It jumped the shark right from the get-go. Yeah. We were watching, Dad and I, last night we're watching the season five finale and the season six premiere. And he was like, when is this? And I was like, this is around the time you stopped watching the show. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. All right, Lauren, hit me with it. Here's my synopsis. And I did write this while crying. The French chick shows up and warns that the others are coming. So a group goes in search of dynamite while the raft is prepared for departure. It's a good one. And I have got five quick bits. Goody. Number one, it's a repeat director. It's Jack Bender. I'm pretty sure he directs all the finales and really like all the big episodes. He directed by far the most. Number two, only one third of the Black Rock set was built. The rest was CGI. Really? Mm-hmm. That's why it's a quick bit. I would never lie for a quick bit. Okay. That's not true. I do have one planned, but like a long time from now. <laughs> Number three, during the filming of the finale, each cast member was only given the script pages of the scenes where they appeared. Why? So that they don't know. Spoilers and shit. Exactly. Nothing really happened in this one, but like, you know, some shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is only part one. There is an obvious reference to Empire Strikes Back when Michael tells Jin, this one goes here, that one goes there while they're building the raft, which Han did to Chewie in episode five when they were trying to leap off. Mm, in the big rush to get the Millennium Falcon off the ground. Yes. I kind of sort of remember that and lastly, in the flashback scene, a woman sees Sun and Jin and comments that it's memoirs of a geisha come to life. 
Yunjin Kim was approached to play the lead in the 2005 adaptation, but she declined. I thought that character, that American woman was a bitch. Yeah, she's, she's douche of the week. Douche of the week. Mm-hmm. Yes, I wanted, I wanted Sun to put her in her place. It would have been real awkward, though. But, you know, when Jin was in the bathroom. Yeah, but I mean, she's a bitch. She immediately would be like, actually, like, Jin would have no fucking idea what's going on. I take it back. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. We open with a flashback. Lauren, you clearly had a guess last week of what this was going to be, and you were wrong. I don't remember what my guess was, but I, I can't think even... you guessed it was Sun and Jin. Well, I, mean, I you don't know. You know what I said. I can't defend myself. Yeah, you oh, you're right. Listened. Sorry, I was thinking the last one I listened to. <laughs> um, but obviously, it was just like flashbacks of everybody. So, I mean, yeah. I liked that, but mm-hmm. I did not guess that. I like the way it kind of summed everything up. Like, you got the full story of the airplane. <laughs> did we? Yeah. No. You basically got to see a moment before they came to the island, like right before for a lot of them, where they were at a point where they needed to grow. Like Walt and Michael's relationship especially was highlighted in this one, in my opinion, because they hated each other. You know, you're not my father and all that. And then mm-hmm. you know, eventually we see where they dad, are. Dad, dad, there's someone coming. So in the scene, Walt wakes up early in the morning in a hotel in Sydney he turns on Power Rangers SPD, which is the best Power Rangers. I watched that one when I was a kid because I was about Walt's age. Well, just to give you a little behind-the-scenes action here, um, we were watching it. The scene starts out really quiet, and so I had the volume turned way up because we couldn't hear because she said, everybody shut up so I can hear. I had the volume turned way up, and then when the Power Rangers came on, it came on at decibel level 1,000, and it scared the shit out of all of us. But also woke Michael up and he told him it was too early and asked him to turn it off. Walt says that he wanted to watch the show and Michael asks him if he can at least turn it down. He then turns it up because he's a fucking brat of a child. And Michael tells him to turn it down again. Walt says Brian lets him watch it as loud as he wants. Michael says he's not Brian and turns it off. Walt then grabs Vincent and leaves, but Michael follows him. Walt screams for him to leave him alone, but Michael grabs him saying, like it or not, they're getting on the plane. And as they go back to their room, a man asks everything is okay. Michael says it's fine and that he is his father, but Walt says he is not his father. That would never fly today. No, not at all. The cops would be there. No, it is Australia, so we don't know how ugly it would get, but if it was in the U.S., it'd be bad. On the island, Walt wakes up and goes to the bathroom at the tree line, and he sees someone coming into the camp. It's Danielle Rousseau. He tries to sneak back to the tent, but Danielle sees him, and he eventually runs to Michael, telling him someone is here. Everyone runs to the commotion as Rousseau stares at Claire and the baby, and Saeed asks what she is doing at the beach, and she tells him that the others are coming. Finally. Gonna get some others action. As if Ethan didn't kidnap her and then they had like that's a whole an, thing. I don't know how many times I have to say this to you. That's an other. I want others, plural. Others. That was an other. Barely anything. Mom, you had some comments here. I did. First time they ever really acknowledged any kind of uh, bodily functions in the, in the show at all. Like 
you know, they all go to the bathroom and stuff. Well, I mean, they did have that plot line with Hurley and like. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. Right. I know. Your grandfather would say that is no GD newborn baby. Baby was like six months old, but we'll give it that. Okay. The baby was not six months old. It was a very old baby for being a newborn. Obviously it wasn't a newborn, but like it was not six months old. That baby looked about two months old. This was a common complaint with Kate when we would watch the show. She'd be like, that is not a newborn baby. I'm like, what do you want them to do? Go take a newborn from some mom and be like, stick it on the beach. Well, here's leading into that, being on the baby on the beach. I don't know what episode it was that I've watched in the past, but it was the one where Claire was needing to take a nap. And so Charlie was babysitting and he was walking up and down the beach with the blazing hot sun beating down on that poor child. The baby's going to have skin cancer before it's a year old. Yeah. That's why it was crying. <laughs> Not because it was hanging out with Charlie. No, it was because the sun was beating down on it in its eyes and everything else. Danielle tells a story to the survivors of 815 of how she came to the island. And she explains how she gave birth on the island and that they were together for one week before she saw a pillar of black smoke on the horizon. And later that night, the others came and took her daughter, Alex. So, Lauren, we now have a gender. Correct. Danielle warns them that the others are coming for them. And she explains they have three choices. Run, hide, or die. I like or a fight is not a chance. That's or a get thing. kidnapped. Yeah. How is... How is fight not a because she's implying that if you try to fight you will die it is interesting that she just goes straight to die because the only two interactions we have with the others involve her daughter being kidnapped and claire being kidnapped i mean yeah scott died but who cares so you know if anything they would just take him you have three choices run hide get kidnapped the next sequence of scenes reminds you that this is a finale as everything really starts ramping up jack tells Locke that he thinks Danielle is crazy, but Locke says it doesn't mean she's not telling the truth. Yet another example of Jack not believing women. Yeah, not a great look. Jack says he's focusing on the launching of the raft, and Michael says they are short on manpower to complete the rudder and lay the rail to get to the water. Do you have a comment, Lauren? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess they had an okay system for getting into the water, but... Like I said, how the fuck are they getting that thing into the water? With the rail. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. And that's why I said it's an okay system. Michael says to get it done today, they would need everyone. And Jack gathers the entire camp. As they go to launch the raft, everyone is there. Shannon and Saeed are standing next to each other and Son and Jin are next to each other, but neither pair is speaking. They start to lift the raft onto the track, but the mast breaks off and Michael immediately blames Sawyer and they get into a screaming match as Walt spots the smoke on the horizon. First of all, why are they blaming Sawyer? Exactly. That's just stupid. Also, that smoke was pretty smoky. Mm -hmm. I do think it's funny that they blame Sawyer when if it was some sort of sabotage, which I don't think that's what they were getting at. I think they were just saying Sawyer did a crappy job. But if it was some sort of sabotage, point the finger at Kate. She was the one who just poisoned Michael. I don't think they were even implying sabotage. They're just like, oh, it must be your fault. But like, why? It just makes no sense. They, they pointed out time and time again, Sawyer did not help. 
it was always Michael and Jin with like a couple background characters. So like he's the least likely suspect. But if they're treating him like that, I wouldn't help either. <laughs> Jack asks Danielle how many of the others there are. And she says that she does not know, but they have a bigger problem. She alone can disappear into the jungle because she's one person, but there's 40 of them. Where are they all going to hide? Thank God they skip the part where they talk about going to the caves like they always do, and they think about the hatch. Danielle, Locke, Hurley, Jack, and Saeed all go to the hatch, and Danielle asks what it is, and Jack says that he was hoping that she would know. Hurley asks how they can be sure they're all going to fit, and Locke says that the lack of a handle means that there must be another entrance, which means there's space. Saeed says that this is a mistake and that they are reacting on no intel, He even says that the hatch could be the others. Daniel says they are coming. Locke asks about where she got the explosives to destroy her shelter, which I feel bad that I completely skipped over that when we covered Hurley's episode and her base exploded. Where would those explosives have come from, Lauren? Oh, you know, dynamite smugglers. (laughs) Smugglers? (laughs) Remember they were like the episode with the, they're like, oh, thank God for fireworks smugglers. (laughs) And the tarp smugglers and the cooler smugglers. Oh my God, the cooler smugglers. I have a story. So when I was in the airport and my flight got canceled, I had to go grab my bag. Dad had just gotten home from dropping me off at the airport when I told him to come get me. So he had to turn around and there was traffic because the roads are just a mess. So I'm just sitting in baggage claim. And this woman sits down next to me. And you know what she has on her little luggage cart? A cooler. Two coolers. Were they full of tarps? I, I just sat there and thought to myself, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I just made it. I just threw a fit about the fact that no one flies with coolers and she's got two of them. Well, let me just counter that with it took mom and them 45 minutes to collect me from baggage claim due to traffic. I saw no coolers, no coolers. But you did see something funny. Oh, my God. Let me just put this out into the universe. Because I need answers right now. Oh, you might get them this way. I will not. (laughs) I'm at the baggage check counter in LA. And this woman is checking her bag and explaining to the gate agent that her entire suitcase fell in a river. And the bag is soaked through with water. She puts it up on the scale. It weighed 98 pounds. And it's wrapped in saran wrap. And she's like so chill about it. She's like, yeah, they're going to reimburse me. So I don't mind paying, you know, the the overweight fee. But I don't know if you want to put it in a bag or something. So I'm just putting it out there. If you know anyone, this woman was a Vikings fan. She was in head to toe Minnesota Vikings attire. And she was checking a suitcase that fell into a river on Delta Airlines. And I need to know how the suitcase ended up in a river. I need to know. What the fuck? <laughs> Look, I've already been on TikTok searching suitcase fell in river looking for a story time. I don't care if it's 10 parts. I need to know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Locke asks where they could have gotten the explosives, and she talks about how there is dynamite at the Black Rock in the Dark Territory, which Hurley says that's three reasons to go right there. She then says they have to go right now if they want to make it back by sundown. We get another flashback. This time it's a Jack-centric one. 
as he sits down at an airport bar and a woman joins him and asks why he was yelling at the check-in counter, referencing the scene from episode five. Jack asks if he knows her and she says that they're on the same flight. And then she asks about his dad dying. He says he thought she didn't know. She was being polite. And he confirms that his dad died of a heart attack. She's really pushy, this woman. Yeah, very. She then asks if he's not a drinker. He says no. And she asks if he is married. And he says not anymore. Then Jack orders her another drink and they slide closer to each other. And she introduces herself as Ana Lucia. She slides closer to him. Yes, I should. Sorry, mother. You're Mm -hmm. an expert in this move, I'm assuming. No, (laughs) I'm not. But I'm just correcting the scene because he didn't move. She did. She's very forward. This very forward woman is played by Michelle Rodriguez, who is in a lot of stuff. She was in the Avatar, uh, which spoiler alert for like a 20 year old movie, but she died in it. And uh, she's in like all the Fast and Furious. This is this is this. Haven't seen any of them. She's been, I think she's in like one of the Machete movies. She's in a bunch of stuff, but I can't like, nothing like really good. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen a single Machete. I saw Avatar. You could argue Avatar is good. I would not make that argument. I thought it was good, but. You're making a face, Lauren. That's why Andrew was trying to get our Disney Plus login was to watch Avatar because they're going to go see the second one today. Dad was going to go see the second one today with the Matthews, but he doesn't want to get anybody sick. Is he sick no just I am. To be. he then asks why she's drinking so early and she says she hates flying and that she's all the way in the back of the plane they exchange seat numbers jack is in 23 she is in 42 both of which are numbers and then Ana lucia gets a call and cuts their talk short and says they'll take their next drink on the plane and she tells him the worst part is over and walks away what does she mean by that? Her dad, his dad dying? Yeah. Worst part's over. He's dead. It's all uphill from here. Mm-hmm. You're making a face. Uh, you know, we've heard about the back of the plane before because of Rose's husband and how Rose knows that they're alive in her gut. And now we just got this really long flashback with a back of the planer. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Are you going to... <laughs> you gotta trademark that term back of the planer uh sure what about like taily or something like that taily you know, that sounds like taily that sounds like an australian thing that they would say yeah taily they say tradey tradey yeah you should watch the wild in australia what is trady? you're watching australia tradey. yeah tradey is someone like a blue collar <laughs> worker so if you're like an electrician you're a tridey okay I'm watching okay. season five of UK right now. Tommy Fury and Molly May. Mm-hmm. Love them. I watch, I'm you know, Molly May is pregnant. I don't know how it ends. I didn't say who she's pregnant by. She's pregnant. Okay. What are you saying, Lauren? I'm saying I think we're going to meet some back with the planers, some tallies. Oh, we'll track that as it progresses. Or if it doesn't progress, we don't track it. <laughs> Back on the island, Jack tells all the nameless characters and Shannon that they have a plan, but they have to go into the jungle. Shannon is just worthless, isn't she? He tells them to help launch the raft and then go to the caves as if we haven't learned that the caves are not a good defense. 
And Arts from last episode tells Jack that the plan to go into the jungle to get dynamite to blow up the hatch is flawed. Also, Hurley can't keep a secret. Jack asks Arts what he wants, and he says that unless he comes, they're going to blow up because the dynamite has been out in the jungle for so long. Has Arts, how do you say that name? Arst. Arst, has Arst been in anything else? He looks very familiar. Yes, he actually was with Rose in The Fugitive, that Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones movie. Never seen it. Try again. Good movie. Okay. Uh, he was in one episode of Person of Interest. Nope, never seen it. Try again. Uh, give me a second. What's with the background characters having really difficult names that nobody can get? Like who else? Scott and Steve. <laughs> I thought you were like Scott and Steve. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the episode, as I many times told mom to shut up and let me watch it, uh, a random background character, she goes, Is that Steve? Which one is Steve? I was like, Mom, no <laughs> one cares. Stop talking. I just wanted to know which characters you guys have designated as Scott and Steve. It's not we- us <laughs> designating, they're actual characters. Nobody knows who they are. They don't, they've been showed one time. No one cares about Scott and Steve. So he was in Final Destination. Never heard of it. No, never Getting Grace? No, no. Jane the Virgin? Yes. I don't know what he played, but I've watched every episode, so it's got to be that. Some Criminal Minds. Uh, Probably. Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. What? Can't say that I've uh, seen that film. He played George. Okay, we can move on now. I'm sure he's probably been in some Seinfeld at some point. You know, he's kind of an older actor. All right, that's a stretch. Michael and Jin try to get the raft back on track, and Sawyer tries to help, but Michael cuts him out. Sawyer says that this was not his fault. And then we get a flashback. Sawyer is brought into a police station in Sydney. He got into a bar fight with the Minister of Agriculture, Fishery, and Forestry. Like, we're supposed to be impressed by that guy. Yeah. Like, they have one minister for all three things. And the U.S., we break that up into three different jobs, probably. We're we're not very efficient. Not at all. Uh, The cop asks Sawyer if he thinks it's funny and then reveals his real name, James Ford. Once again, Lauren was right. Although we already knew his name was James. He then reveals all the crimes that he has done before calling him a stain to society and a con man. That is my new favorite insult. I'm going to be throwing that around. You're a stain to society. Wouldn't, I feel like it should be a stain on society. You know what? That might have been what it, what it was when I watched this episode like a month ago. I'm going to say it was on, not to. Yeah. He asks how he can live with himself and then says that he's not worth the cost of incarceration and they're deporting him. And that is why Sawyer was on Oceanic 815. Then we get a scene that I'm sure elected hottie of the week where Sawyer is cutting a piece of bamboo with a machete shirtless and sweaty glistening with sweat I noted it I said infinite no I, I said points for chopping shirtless and then I have more to say as the scene progresses I actually have a lot to say so break this up into like little chunks because I have stuff at each point Jack comes in and says he thinks Sawyer was a lumberjack back in the real world. He then gives Sawyer a gun just in case. Sawyer asks what he's doing with the rest, and we learn that they're going to Saeed. Sawyer asks if he's going into the jungle for the dynamite, and when Jack says yes, 
he says, by the time they get back, they'll be in the water and this is goodbye. At this point, I was like, there is so much sexual tension between Jack and Sawyer. Insane. If this show was made in 2022, the plot would be that Jack, Kate, Sawyer, love triangle, but the real connection is between Jack and Sawyer. They would be a throuple, but Jack and Sawyer would kiss 100%. And then I was so busy writing that down in my notes that I was a little bit distracted as this next part started to happen. The best part of the episode, in my opinion, go ahead. Jack says good luck and tries to leave, but Sawyer stops him. Sawyer tells him that a week before they got on the plane, he ran into Christian in a bar. He tells Jack all the things Christian said about how proud he was of Jack for being a better man and a better doctor than he was, and that he loved him. Sawyer says it's a small world. Jack agrees before wishing Sawyer luck again. I have a couple things to say. One, how come you give, you've given us line by line of the fucking Power Rangers scene, but you just gloss over this? This was a very epic scene. Epic scene. Gloss over it. Two, infinite hottie of the week points to Sawyer. Sawyer is our hottie of the week for chopping shirtless and glistening sweat, but also for giving Jack the closure that I so desperately needed him to have. Amazing. Beautiful. Such a great character moment. I loved it. It was amazing. This is talked about as one of the greatest scenes in the show. I would agree. I I got choked up. I did too, but I did not cry yet. Yes. (laughs) I do think it was like a nice, I think with, especially nowadays, when you're watching a show, you're really rolling the dice when you get invested because shows get canceled left and right. I do feel like had this show not been picked up, which had already been at this point, this was a nice like fitting conclusion to both the Jack and Christian storyline and the Jack and Sawyer storyline. Yeah, I thought Jack did a really good job of looking tormented. Oh my, he, he had Jack face big time in this scene. I'll be pointing out Jack faces for the rest of the series. Cause I was, I've just been binging the show lately. And like Matthew Fox gets really intense with his facial expressions throughout the series. But I was very proud of Sawyer because he gets so much guff and he did the right thing. I mean, he did sit on it for a while. <laughs> That's okay. But he could have sat on it forever and he didn't. But, I mean, this is such, like, a 2004, like, men can't be emotional thing. Jack is, like, fighting back crying. And then he doesn't, like, thank him or anything. I thought the same thing. I was like, you could at least say thank you. Like, that's a huge thing that Sawyer just did. I mean, yeah, but they they said it in, like, their, like, and the not saying it. Like, it was, like, understood. But just, like, you know, maybe say it because those... Uh, malleable six-year-olds that are watching this show need to know that it's okay for boys to have emotion. (laughs) You have emotion. It's just um, anger. Anger. (laughs) (laughs) Look, both my Christmases in the last two years have been ruined. That has nothing to do with... I'm allowed to be angry. That has nothing to do with the the chicken wing that you shoved down my throat when we were in high school. Was your Christmas ruined that year? We told that story. Uh, here's the story. Zane shoved a chicken wing down my throat because he made 20 wings in the oven and I wanted- Are you fat shaming me? No, I'm shaming you for gluttony. 
You had 20 wings. I wanted one wing. I tried to eat it. You tried to pull it out of my mouth. But when you realized I'd already eaten most of the chicken off of it, you decided to shove it down my throat. Did you die? No, I did not die. Somebody should have killed you, though. I'm side-eyeing my mother. (laughs) Do you remember that time you were laying on the floor after I knocked you on your ass and we were screaming at each other and I almost called you a bitch? (laughs) Mom sent me to my room. (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. We were young. Mm-hmm. Now I can uh, just call you a bitch and not have any repercussions. Last night, I randomly decided, remembered that I still have an active Twitter account. So I logged into it and I deactivated the account. But first I started to just scroll through my old tweets. And one of the tweets said, Zane is down on the ground and I'm kicking him. And Dexter bit Zane instead of me. Good dog. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe my precious dog bit one of you. Good boy. One of your precious dogs used to hump the shit out of me, so I'm not surprised. That was Harley, yes. The incestuous... Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We were were step-siblings, and and, uh, Harley had some money that I needed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Moving on. We get another flashback. I hate this scene so fucking much. I'm just going to point this out because it tries to justify the, uh, the conversation that we had with Kate about how you don't need five guns. Basically, oh, this sign. basically in this scene, an airport security guard asks Marshall Mars why, if he will be armed and he says yes, and he's going to stow the rest of his guns with the airport's crew, airport crew's luggage. The guard asks why he needs five guns. And Mars basically explains all of Kate's flashback storyline so far. How Kate went back to Iowa and met up with Tom and got him killed. And his little toy plane was left at the crime scene. And he eventually tells her he has the plane. So she gets a crew together and they rob the safety deposit box and get the plane. He says that the plane is the one thing that she cares about and that she needs it to forget that she got Tom killed. He then taunts her and Kate elbows him in the face and throws him up against the wall. And then he elbows her back and gets her on the ground and says, that is why I need five guns. Here's the problem with that logic. You have four guns in a briefcase. That's not even fucking near you. What are they going to do for you? If she elbows you in the face, it doesn't make any sense. Stop trying to justify it. We understand you wanted the castaways to have guns. You don't need to have a fucking reason behind it. Okay. I feel like you're a little overly heated on this scene, but I've been sitting on this anger for years before this podcast. Okay. I think Kate's a pretty tough cookie for taking him on like that. And she could take an elbow. I mean, she fell to the ground. Well, still, I'd fall to the ground, too. I think you would as well. Yeah, but I, you then wouldn't turn around and say, that guy's a tough cookie getting his ass kicked. She needs to control her emotions. But I also think this scene is just like, okay, if you just randomly decided to watch this finale or maybe you missed some shit on Kate, like, here's a, a summary of everything about Kate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, basically all of the flashbacks have been that. Kate's is extreme detail. It's like trying to suck people in if they're just randomly watching the show. Yeah, it is an interesting, like, I don't want to say case study, but it's like an interesting, like, 
viewpoint. Cause like you watch a show now, it's like, Oh, I, I want to watch that. Let me just find the streaming service it's on and get caught up or go on to Amazon prime and rent all the episodes. But like, if this is the first time you're, if like, Hey, watch the season finale of this show that everybody's fucking talking about. It's like, I don't know the show. Don't worry. They're, they recap all the characters. <laughs> I guess nodding doesn't show up on podcasts. Huh? No. Just say you agree. We agree. Continue. Kate finds Jack about to leave and tells him that she wants to go for old time's sake. Everybody take another shot. She says she wants to help. And Jack says she won't be here for the raft launching. And she says she's not good at goodbyes. And Jack tells her to get her stuff. I think Jack knew what was happening here and was a little selfish about it. I started to write that down. I actually started to say, this is the first time that Jack doesn't argue with Kate going because he's happy that she's not going to get to say goodbye to Sawyer. But then I deleted it because I was like, why would he be thinking that when Sawyer just gave him you know, that really valuable moment. And so I thought, no, I just think Jack's just whatever. I just thought it's not that deep. It was also the first time she actually asked to go instead of just saying, I'm going with you, including the raft. And she said that to Michael. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about that. I watched that and I was like, who are you? Like, who are you to go on the raft? You've done nothing. Well, she's spent two summers crewing J-boats, whatever that means. Whatever. Charlie's collecting messages in a bottle and he asks Locke if there's anything that he wants to say and Locke says he likes the idea but then walks away. I almost gave Charlie douche of the week here because of the shit he pulls with Hurley when Hurley gives Charlie his message and says don't look at it and almost immediately Charlie starts opening the message and Hurley's like dude she's like what the fuck Charlie why who does this fucking guy think he is? the bassist to drive shaft he wrote he sings backup vocals on track three you are everybody you are <laughs> everybody i didn't know until you guys ta- said it that that's what the it was actually called yeah you all everybody i don't that's the dumbest thing allegedly they have two albums but we've only ever heard one song <laughs> i'm trying to understand what that chorus even means well you all are everybody they just leave out the word R. Uh, I think it's more like you all, comma, everybody. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah, what it is. I would say. You're like reiterating it. You're like, you all, everybody, come on, let's go. Yeah, I guess if we knew what the rest of the words of the song were, maybe I think it, it makes sense. Hold on. I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier. I don't even think like the full song's lyrics are a thing. I know it's like acting like you stupid people. Okay, this this is all the lyrics it is. It's six lines. It's you all, everybody, you all, everybody, acting like you're stupid people, wearing expensive clothes, you all, everybody, you all, everybody. That's all we have. Six seasons of the show, and that's all we get. Wow. Wow. Makes no sense. But Hurley yells at him for trying to open the message, and then he puts it in the bottle. Jack and Michael say goodbye to each other. The same with Walt and Jin. And Kate looks around for Sawyer, but cannot find him. Charlie tells Kate to take care of the jungle team. And they leave. Does anyone have any, like, concerns with the team that was selected to go into the jungle to get dynamite? Mainly, why is Hurley there? Yeah, I was wondering why Hurley was going. I think just to give him something to do. I mean, I understand why Jack and Kate are going. 
And I guess Arst or whatever his name is. And Locke. It's his thing. And Locke. And obviously Danielle. But like Hurley serves no purpose. No. I don't even really remember him being chosen. I just remember him he all just, of a sudden had a backpack on. He was He's just there for all the conversations that led to it. Like he went to the hatch with them. Early is comedic relief. So my guess is he's just going to be funny later. Danielle, Locke, Kate, Jack, Arts, and Hurley all make their way across the coast of the island. They take a break and Locke notices scratches on Danielle's arm. She says it was a bush and Locke says it was a mean bush. Claire. She's not here. Okay. Mm. Claire scratched her. That has to be it. So... But at what point? Because what's the timeline of all this? It, it makes me think that Danielle's the person that needled her, not Ethan. But because it's got to be Claire, right? Or a polar bear or a bush. Those scratches are from a polar bear. Come on. It's got to be Claire. I didn't even think about that. I figured she got in a fight with another. All right. So let's, let's say Claire did scratch Danielle. You think Danielle got to the caves and needled her while all that stuff was happening with Saeed? I have no idea because I don't remember, but I just feel like the scratches are from Claire and that's as much as I'm confident on. All right. See, I thought, I thought um, Locke was checking Rousseau out when she took her sweatshirt off. Me too. I, I was like, he wants some of, some of that. Locke is into the French chick. Yeah. You know, it's been 42 days. Locke needs some. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Saeed can hook up with Shannon and mm-hmm. Kate can apparently have everybody on the island. Okay, we're not gonna slut shame. I'm not she sl- hasn't even no. done anything. No, I mean she obviously has like the sexual tension with Sawyer and like she's destined to be with Jack, but like even like early on with Saeed. Oh look, I'm a Jade shipper through and through. Don't make that face. Gross. You're a what shipper? Jade shipper. Jate, Jack and Kate. Oh, oh. Speaking of which, uh, shout out to Travis again. He has been texting me all his thoughts. He most recently watched Hearts and Minds, and he said two things that made me laugh. One was, "You got to tell me right now, does Boone want to fuck his sister?" <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was, "I'm a big shade sipper or shipper." Oh, Shannon nice. and Saeed Shade. Um, is that Travis, your cousin? Yes. Hurley cannot pronounce Arts's name. Keeps saying Arst. Which annoys him. But when Hurley decides to call him Leslie, which is his first name, Arts says no. I, it took me three times to catch his first name. Yeah, I didn't catch it. I'm learning this right now. When you're Let me that. just assume you guys again. Did not no. watch with captions. I refuse to use subtitles. And no, no captions. I backed it up and I still didn't get it. And all I could think was Zane would say, watch it with subtitles. And then we watched it today and I finally got it. And I was like, his name is Leslie. Thank you. I did not get it. I also didn't care. I mean, it's but not I, that important. I thought maybe he just said, I got your name. I know your name from the manifest, but then he said Leslie's a cool name or something to that effect. Leslie's a bitchin' name. Bitchin' name. That's what he said. <laughs> I did not get any of that sentence. I just heard like gibberish and I was like, yeah, it's fine. They reached the marker to the beginning of the dark territory. 
And by the way, Kate was right with her territoire. It is like territoire fonts. Uh, Danielle says that this is where it all began. Her team was infected and Montad lost his arm. She says they have to move quickly and Arts decides to leave. Jack asks what about the dynamite and Arts tells him just be careful and then takes off into the jungle. Fucking loser. That's a bad idea, which we see very quickly that that was a bad idea. Jin and Michael continue to bicker when Sawyer arrives with the perfect mask, cut and measured to length, and Michael thanks him. Back in the dark territory, as the rain comes down, rain say bad. it with me, everybody. Rain, rain is bad. Oh, I forgot the word is. Okay. <laughs> Mom enough? just learned to talk last week. <laughs> <laughs> the jungle team stops when they hear some sort of like whooping through the jungle. It kind of made me laugh. It was like, whoo, 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 whoo. <laughs> I thought it was a dog barking. And yeah. then I thought, no, it's like a tribe, like some kind of like tribal call. And it's the it's others. Just, it's just fucking Leslie. Arse just. He's running through the jungle away from the monster. Everyone except Locke and Hurley just take off running. Locke tells him to stay still as Jack, Kate, and Danielle hide in a banyan tree. Hurley wants to hide, but the monster is moving in the other direction, and the rain stops. So does the monster bring the rain? No. It's an island. It rains a lot. All right. Kate asks Danielle what the monster is, and she says it's a security system. Its purpose is that of any security system, to protect something. Kate asks what needs to be protected. The island. Lock soulmate. That's a great point. I ship it. I ship it. Kate's going to be upset because she's a big uh, Danielle and Saeed shipper. (laughs) Yeah, she's always like, they're going to (laughs) kiss. Oh, ship. Relationship. (laughs) The other day, I blew mom's mind because we were putting leftovers away and I stacked all the containers on the counter. I said, I'm going to get all the leftovers put into containers and then we can Tetris them into the fridge. She's like, Tetris? I've never heard that used as a verb before. And then later when she went to put them in the fridge, she's like, what, what's the word? I'm going to, I'm going to Tetrising them. And I'm like, mom, I just made that up. It was not a thing. It's made up bullshit. Mom, this is your chance to defend yourself on the Trisha Paytas fiasco. Okay, hold on. Right now, right here, right now. Again, I, still don't know who she is. I'm going to show mom a picture of Trisha Paytas. Okay. Yeah, why am I supposed to defend myself? Because she's not a star? We The episode has not come out yet, but we went a little hard on you oh, going great. hard on the episode. Okay. This is Trisha Paytas. Holy. Okay. Whoa. Scary. Whoa. Scary. So Trisha Paytas is an internet personality, and she... First of all, she named her child Malibu Barbie. Oh, that poor child. She does a lot of, like, costumes. She has claimed to be, like, every single religion. She's... So she's just nuts? I don't really know what she is. I'll show you some clips later. She had a podcast... So I guess I just don't understand why. I mean, 
why are you going hard on me? Like, sh- what is her contribution to society? It was, it was more just like your reaction to the conversations that we were having. You were just like, camp is 100% made up bullshit. I don't know who <laughs> the slay. fuck this Trisha Paytas person is. <laughs> well, I was frustrated. It's like when you guys talk about Love Island. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm spending an hour of my time or whatever. <laughs> okay, sorry, ma'am. Would you like to speak to our manager? Yes, I just don't know what you're talking about. And wrote Karen. <laughs> There's a skip button, Mom. No, because I do I do try to follow. So that's I mean, like I'm genuinely trying to understand what you guys are talking about. How about, how about if you don't know who we're talking about? Google it. Or nicely ask, who the fuck is Trisha Paytas? <laughs> Not the nicest well i think actually i was under duress when i was listening to that if i remember right that was having a stressful tuesday otherwise known as a tuesday no it was a stressful time she was under duress i think i specifically remember when when was that episode we out we gotta move on. okay lauren your your reaction to danielle's description of the monster as a security system I'm wondering, like, whose security system? Is it the it's the islands, but it's, like, working for the others? Or is it, like, are the others also afraid of the monster or the security system? Like, I just want to know who isn't afraid of the monster. I also thought we were going to be able to see it. We were, once again, not able to see it. It was, it like, sounds, right there. I know, and it sounds like a giant... A giant, <laughs> like the stomping. It's very like giant esque. Well, Hurley asks what happened to Arnst, and he pops out calling him an idiot for getting his name wrong. Yeah, that's a hard name. Arst. Arst. I know a bunch of third graders that can get it perfectly, or whatever mm-hmm. ninth graders. I mean, he's, he's a, a high school teacher. He's a damn high school science ninth, teacher. Ninth graders. What is, what is that? Freshman year. Yeah. Walt asks Shannon why she is folding clothes, and she says because she's anal. Which, to a 10-year-old. Okay, but I don't think the 10-year-old knows. I do do remember mom growing up just describing herself as anal so many times. Yeah, but that wasn't weird to us. I know, I just think it's funny. (laughs) It's a funny word. Hoop comes out of there. Okay. I wonder where that came from. It's anal retentive. That's yeah, but the why? Full, I don't know. Yeah, but why anal? I don't know. Let's move on. She asks what Walt wants, and he says that he wants her to take care of Vincent. He says he'll take care of her, and Shannon pets him and asks why she needs to be taken care of. Walt says Vincent took care of him when his mom died, and that nobody would talk to him because they pretended like nothing was wrong. He says Vincent is a very good listener and she can talk to him about Boone. She accepts only until he gets them rescued and then he hands the leash over and pets him goodbye. Sad. I strongly hinted at this when we discussed what would happen with Vincent when they were left. And I said, probably someone that could really use him. Yes, you did. But at that time, we didn't know who it would be, right? Right. Then we get a flashback. As Shannon is doing Sudoku, Saeed asks if she can watch her his bag. 
Boone then comes over and tells her that they couldn't get into first class because she yelled at the gate agent. I think it's kind of funny. At this point, Boone's been like gone for a couple episodes. And like this was like the un like the most anticlimactic just return of a character who's been dead. He just walks onto the scene. I didn't even think about it. Like I, I did not even I mean he's still billed as a series regular because like he's in this one and then like there is another flashback that he'll be in before the finale is over. But it's it's just like, oh yeah, Boone's been dead for like a couple of episodes. Yeah, but it's still a flashback, so it's not unusual for him to be. Right, but, but like when you see an actor or an actress from a show that like hasn't been around, there's usually a little more pomp and circumstance to their return. Okay. Is he going to be in flashbacks later on? Like, because we haven't even had a Shannon-centric episode. So like, will he even be in season two in flashbacks? I know you're not going to tell me, but I'm just putting it out into the universe that I'm wondering that. Okay. Yes or no? Well, I would think yes. Like he's a huge part of her flashback life. And you're basing that off of? Well, they banged. Please don't remind me of that. Well, flashback is backwards and they were step siblings that raised together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for explaining the flashback. But no, but I mean, if it's a flashback, of course he's going to be showing up. Yeah, but they, they, they could flashback to like her life without him. Yeah. Like, true. Like, if we flashback to yesterday, Lauren's not going to be in that flashback for me. Okay. But that is a good theory to have. Shannon gives Boone attitude, and he says one day she will appreciate all the things that he does for her. She says she cannot wait for that day to happen and then leaves, which is giving Lion King vibes. Okay. That makes sense. Don't look at me like that. I'm not even looking at you. Boone ends up calling her a bitch, preach king, and Shannon says that she will get him thrown off the flight. Boone asks how she could do that, and she tells an airport security guard about Saeed leaving his bag unattended to prove a point. I don't really feel like that proved any point. Like, what did that prove? That you're a bitch? Exactly. When also, we were watching I mean, it, like, low-hanging fruit. When we were watching it, mom was just like, bitch. <laughs> I don't like her. But also, like, how does that prove that she could get Boone thrown off a, fi- a flight? All she did was, like, racially profile someone. Like, that's not going to work towards Boone. Yeah. That white guy is up to no good. Yeah. I think she was just trying to prove a point that she could do whatever the hell she wanted. I think you're next. I think the point was like, I have no qualms about it. She's like, I don't care. Saeed gives the raft team the Beechcraft's radar emitter. He tells them to conserve power and only use it once every hour. He then gives them a flare gun with one flare and a radio transmitter. He tells them to choose wisely. In the jungle, the team arrives at the Black Rock which is a sailboat in the middle of the jungle. It's, it looks like um, Jack Sparrow's boat. I knew she was going to say that. That is not a rock. No, it's not. <laughs> I <laughs> thought it would be a black rock. That boat's not even black. I mean, it kind of is. It's dark brown. Yeah, but it's old, so it looks black. That's not... True. It looks dark brown. I googled a picture of it right now. I'm pretty sure oh it's black. Okay. 
I was just cracking up at how dramatic Rousseau is. Why? Because she's so dramatic, like overacting. Continue. It's just overacting. Yeah, you know that is that is brown. Hmm. Are you are you referring to the fact that she named it Tartoffons? No, just the way she talks in general. I think that's just her accent. She's French. It's not the French part of it. It's the dramatic part of it. I need you to elaborate, Mom. Well, just just even the way. Look at my notes. The way she walks up, and we are here. The black rock. The black rock. How the hell she said it when they walked up to it? I made a comment. I was like, I said what she said, and I was like, dramatic. I don't know if you know this. This is a drama. I know, but it's just so dramatic. Mom, if you were stranded on a fucking island where weird shit happens and you show up at what you're picturing in your brain to be a black rock and it's a fucking <laughs> sailboat, would you be a little confused? And like that calls for some dramatics. I also like to point out that mom is calling this dramatic when they're like in a life or death situation potentially. But she, about five minutes ago, just said that on a Tuesday that she was under duress. <laughs> Who's dramatic here? Oh, Stop it. So what was your initial reaction to the boat, Lauren? That's not a rock. That's pretty much it. Oh, my God. Some of these moments just fall so flat. I've been waiting for you to see the fucking black rock for weeks. What else am I supposed to say? That's not a rock. Do you how have a the theory? Boat get there? No, I have no theories. Maybe, maybe that's how the others originally got there. It looks like an old boat. They, they sailed to the center of the island. Okay, but how did a boat get... I don't know how offshore they are. You know, water levels... Just kidding. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the tide came in and left the fucking boat in the middle. Okay, but then why is there a boat in the middle of the island? Could be just like a really kick-ass like little clubhouse for some kids. I don't know. You want me to have these like deep thoughts? That's why they took Claire. They wanted the baby to have a treehouse. Maybe. Anyway... In the next flashback, Sun returns to Jin with food in the airport, like, cafeteria area. He asks what took so long, and she says that she's hungry and that there were just people in line. She places a napkin in Jin's lap, and some rude bitch says that if she does anything like that for her husband, he should shoot her. Sun overhears them. She accidentally spills coffee on Jin's lap, and as she attempts to clean it up, the racist makes a memoirs of a geisha comment. And when her husband tells her to watch her volume... The rude woman says that they don't speak English. Sun is clearly bothered by all this. Now, I forgot about this scene, but I was thinking when she dumped the coffee on Jen that maybe she was trying to get rid of Jen so she could tell the bitch off. That's what I was hoping would happen, even though I've seen it before and I forgot. I just think this was like a, like, obviously she's like an ignorant bitch, but like, Bold of you to assume that just because they're not speaking English currently, they don't understand what you're saying. True. It's only, she's just assuming because most Americans don't speak multiple languages, but most non-Americans do, you know? Yeah. So she's making assumptions based on herself. I I just thought it was stupid because they're in a English speaking country. So they would just have... Like, obviously, she's not wrong when it comes to Jin. And, like, we're supposed to, like, you know, Sun is not supposed to speak English. But just, like, you got two fucking Korean people traveling in an English-speaking country with no translator. Like, if it were me, I would be like, 
first of all, I wouldn't be making comments just completely unwarranted for myself and my husband. But then just why, you know, why she, she's a bitch. And I hope she was on Oceanic 815 and died. Okay. Did they look familiar to you? Yes, but I've also seen the show 1,800 times, so everybody know, looks familiar. I, they look familiar to me, and I can't think of where. Like, they're almost like cameos or something. Do you want me to Google it? Not right this second, but <laughs> like, Google it later and tell me. Sun approaches Jin, who wants to walk away, but she stops him. She gives him a list of English words spelled out phonetically in Korean for him to learn as he sails on the raft. Jin immediately breaks down and apologizes. Sun starts crying too, and she says she's sorry. She tells him that he doesn't have to go, but he tells her that he has to go because he is on the island because he is being punished for all the horrible things he did to her, making her suffer and whatnot. He tells her that she does not deserve any of this and wipes away one of the tears. She grabs his hand tightly, and he tells her he has to go because he is going to save her. Sweet. Very nice moment. Glad that they had their reconciliation. Did not cry. Damn it. This was one of those moments where I thought, you know, get some footage of her crying. Nothing. (laughs) Not a dry eye in the house. In my house. Locke was crying? Locke wasn't here. Okay. Who was crying? You and Kate? Or just you? Just me. (laughs) Buck's eyes are always wet you know he's got those weird watery eyes like dogs have anyway nice moment liked it what do you think about Jin's theory Mm, yeah I think that he thinks that (laughs) you not understand what we're doing on this show (laughs) look you always want me to have these like deep thoughts like do I think he's there to be punished No. Do I think he thinks that? Yeah. Fair assumption. Let's break this down then. A while ago, a wise man named John Locke said they're all here for a reason. A little while after that, you said the island is not good. Could the reason be they're being punished for their sins? Maybe. But then, like, I don't think everybody on that island has sins. What did Rose do? What did Sun do? Son wants to leave her husband. Who cares? <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, sure, maybe. If Jin is right, wouldn't you think maybe these people do have a dark past that we don't know much about? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think he's right. Are you, ha- are you, have you forgiven Jin for his past? I forgave Jin forever ago. I have no, no issues with Jin. All right. That was probably the first time that they've painted him in a decent light, aside from before they were married and he was sweet and affectionate. That's not true at all. A decent light with her on island. With her, yeah, but he's had plenty of redeeming moments for me on island. He kind of, he's he's woken up. He's like not under Peck's thumb anymore. Now he was a good person before her father got a hold of him. I think he's still a good person. He's just trying to please him to please her. I would agree. That was a uh, very, very good analysis, Mom. I would agree with you. Would you like to be my co-host? Sure. (laughs) The fuck? Cindy gets lost. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. No, it doesn't. 
Jen then tells Sun to stay with Jack because he will protect her. She asks, who will protect him? That was sweet and sad. (laughs) They hug and cry and say they love each other and say they're sorry. She tells him it, it is okay. And then they kiss. Now the real waterworks starts. Shannon gives Charlie her message and he sticks it in the bottle. I just, oh, that message must have been rough. Boone's dead. Probably said more than that. <laughs> that would just kind of suck, though, to just be like, uh, imagining just basically saying, like, I survived the crash. Boone also survived the crash, but has since died. Mm-hmm. Walt hugs Vincent goodbye as Claire lets Jin say goodbye to the baby. Michael and son share a platonic handshake and hug because that is not a thing. That was super awkward. Yeah. Walt and Shannon hug. Charlie gives the bottle to Sawyer. More gin and son action as Sawyer looks for Kate. Oh, I feel so sorry for Sawyer. Me too. You guys are sate shippers, aren't you? Yes. A tide comes in and they push the raft into the water. Everyone on the beach begins to celebrate as they set sail, but Vincent runs after Walt, and Walt tells him to go back. He turns around, and Shannon grabs his leash. I may or may not have cried. She did cry. Look, any scene (laughs) where the dog is chasing after its owner, like Air Bud, get out of here! Sobbing. Chasing after his mother. Like, the dog is so confused. He's like, why, why are you going without me? Impeccable acting by Maddie the Yellow Lab. <laughs> and since I know she's still alive, someone give her a belly rub. Once a year, somebody will put on the lost subreddit, like, just a reminder that Madison is still alive because there has been no official report of her dying. <laughs> and everybody will comment, this show was on 18 years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> nope, she's still alive. Anyway, um, very sad. I cried. I did take some photographic evidence of my tears. Oh, we're going to need those. So I'll go ahead and send that to you. We got a spy shot from mom. Oh, I was trying to hide under the blanket. That's what the spy <laughs> shot is. Great. I figured I want you to still speak to me. So I did not take any pictures of you with the tear face. Cause I did have some opportunity. I asked for video. Yeah, but I told her, I told her I'm not going to cry. There's no reason to get a video. And then I quickly put up the blanket wall to sob behind <laughs> They raise the sail as the celebration continues and everyone waves goodbye. Jin and Sun have intense eye contact, and then there is a long shot of the pillar of black smoke as a reminder that the others are on their way. Mm-hmm. And that is the episode's ending. Pretty good episode. Set some stakes. Nothing, not a lot really happened, just a lot of walking around. I think a lot happened. Well, the raft launched. I feel like we got a lot of wrap-ups. Yeah. A wrap-up of, like, we got a reconciliation between Sun and Jin. We got Jack and Sawyer had a moment, and Jack found out, you know, got some closure with his daddy issues. Um, We left the whole Kate Sawyer thing wide open. And what else? Well, obviously, you know, there's still a lot to happen because it's only the first part. 
But I felt like there was some some neat little bows and some gaping holes. It, it was a wrap up before a ramp up because it's going to get a little intense over the next two episodes. Mm-hmm. So I, re- I remember like the big thing that I'm trying to remember like the littler things that are about to happen. How about you don't? Because I don't know. I'm not going to well, say anything. I'm just thinking. Speaking of things that are going to happen, Lauren, two episodes left. What do you think is going to happen before this season comes to a close? Okay. I still have really negative feelings about the raft don't think that's going to go well do think that they're going to like capsize or some shit uh the thing is like i know that sawyer doesn't die so maybe he just swims back or something i have no idea but i feel like the raft not going to go well um someone has to die like there's no way someone's going to die they're probably going to blow the hatch up i think they're going to get into the hatch and I don't know, this might be a season two situation, but I do think we're going to meet back of the planers, some tailies, maybe season two though. I feel like that's a lot to put in the finale. Um, and we maybe will see the others question mark. I mean, they are coming. And I, f- I feel obligated to ask this just because it appeared in this episode. Do you think we'll see what the monster looks like before the end of season one? I freaking hope so. Like I really hope so. The other thing is, like, are they coming for Claire's baby? I feel like that was insinuated because they had taken Alex as a baby. So they're, like, coming for Claire's baby. So I feel like they should be, like, extra hiding. Are they going to name that fucking baby? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? Is she just... All right, all right. So what we still need before season one ends, you want to see the others. You want to see the monster. You want to blow open the hatch. The raft has to crash i guess and they gotta name the baby something with the raft like i don't know i just don't think it's gonna like like just something i also love like not in the finale but maybe in the finale this is what i was thinking of when i was staring out from the space i would love like just a little clip of that bottle washing up somewhere and someone finding it i would like that i don't think we're gonna get it but i would like it Speaking of the raft, I every time I watch the finale, when they like sail off and then like immediately turn and just kind of like go alongside the coast, it reminds me of just like how they're kind of like walking down and like waving and celebrating and they're like, woohoo. It's like when you go to watch a ship sail off and everyone's waving and you're like, well, how long do we do this? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like that raft isn't moving that quickly. Closing thoughts, Lauren? Um, good episode. Excited for more. That's it. Mom, now is the opportunity for you to tell us how proud of us you are as we near the end of season one of our podcast. I'm very proud of you. I actually really enjoy listening to the podcast. I like your little commercials, as I call them, on Instagram and, Mm. you know, the little commercials, your little promos, TikToks. What a, what a great segue. Mom, since you love them so much, why don't you take it today? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wait. Watch us on all of our socials. I don't know the, the addresses, though. Figure it out. Because I don't really know the addresses of anything. <laughs> wait, can I say something? Sure. So many, many, many episodes ago, Michael referred to a supporting wall in a cave. Oh, God. <laughs> 
So I'm, I am not a geologist, but I don't think you can have a supporting wall in a cave. It's erosion. That's you what happens. Load bearing. Same thing. Load bearing is a supporting wall, but I don't think you can have that in a cave. I did look it up because I didn't want to make a fool out of myself, but I don't think you can because it's, it's erosion. It's just sediment washing away. And then whatever is hardest is left over. So it is supporting, yeah, we're still going, but we're, it is supporting, but it's not a load bearing wall like in construction. So I understand why they put that in, but I thought it was a stupid example. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> My mom thinks lost is stupid. Okay, but I do have a quick question. Are you able to just touch a wall and know if it's load bearing or not? Like no, in you theory. Can't, no, no, you cannot touch a wall and know if it's load bearing. You can go in the basement of a house and tell if it's load bearing, but you cannot just touch a wall. You can touch a wall and know if there's a heat duct in it because it's warm. Do you think Michael was able to determine if there was a heat duct in the cave? No. But he it does drive me crazy in that scene. He's just touching the cave walls. He's like load bearing, not load bearing. No, Dig no. here. You can't t- you can't tell by touching it. You can you know it's educated guess. Based on, you know, yeah, you know about construction and architecture and all that kind of stuff, but no, touching it, no. Not at least not in all my years of experience. Well, thank you for that, Mom. We'll see you again at some point. I don't know when, but eventually. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to see more of our mother, we have made one TikTok. Uh, Zane was really supposed to be leading the charge on the TikToks. Um, Don't worry. We've we've got some, some shit going on on TikTok. So head on over to laurengetslost.pod on TikTok and at laurengetslostpod on Instagram, laurengetslost on Twitter and our Facebook page, laurengetslostpodcast. Rate and review, like us, share our posts, tell all your friends, family, strangers, random people in the park, whoever you come across at the grocery store or at the airport. And if you are the lady with the suitcase that fell in the river, please message us so we know what the hell happened. I've never wanted anything more in my entire life. Besides your ring. No, I want this more. <laughs> and if you super duper love us, please consider donating to the podcast. Link in the description below. And join us next time for part two of the finale. We'll have everyone's favorite guest, Kate. And Zane and I for real will be together to record that one because I am headed to Columbus tomorrow. And unlike Zane... I don't shit my pants and I make my flights. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester. Our music is done by David Kohler with special guest star Cindy Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.